A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Today we've got a crazy revenge story of teaching a sister a lesson. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, showing my bully brother how to take a punch. Siblings can either be a blessing or a curse. Many people love their siblings and would give their lives for them. And funny enough, the post that inspired this long ramble was a happy one. A woman had been talking about how her older brother had made sure she and her other siblings had been safe from bullies at school, and she would always love him for it. Well, my brother was the opposite, in the sense that he was the bully. Our parents were the regular, hard-working immigrant family with a Nigerian father and Puerto Rican mother. We knew what it meant to go through things. They had three of us, my older brother Jay, me, and my little brother D. We had two years between us because our parents wanted us to be close in age and while that worked for D and me, it didn't for Jay. Jay was a big kid. He was born a fat boy that nearly destroyed our mother's pelvis with his massive head and he demanded more from her and my dad than any of us did. He took up space and rightfully so. Because you know, as a person and a human, it's always good to take up all the space you possibly can. However, the problem with Jay was that he wanted to take up his space and the space of everyone else. As much as they were immigrants, our parents were also free-spirited and allowed us to be children and run barefoot and play outside. Very eat-pray-love type of parenting and it affected my little brother and I positively. Jay, however, saw it as a way to completely take over everyone and everything. In elementary school, he was held back a class. Not because he was stupid, because he was extremely smart, much smarter than the kids in his class, but because he spent most of his time instead of listening in class, making sure other kids didn't listen. He would poke them, pull their hair, and make them cry. Because of him being held back, him and I were in the same class, and it was heck. At home, Dee and I were used to his shenanigans, but our parents were around to put a stop to it when it started going too far. In school, the teachers were sick of him and preferred to ignore him. It made things even better for them that I was in his class, and most of his antics were directed towards me instead of the other kids. In order to make sure he didn't hurt me, I did his schoolwork and mine. Homework too if our parents weren't around that week or weekend. It seemed like a good idea, and we went through this for a couple of years, until Dee and I got scholarships to study at a high-end high school in a better neighborhood. Jay remained at our public high school, repeating classes and getting away with things that regular people ordinarily shouldn't have gotten away with, but he had spent middle school working on his charm levels, so he had the ability to get out of trouble by charming the pants off everybody. Thankfully it didn't work on our parents, so he still got his fair share of whooping at home when he tried to mess with us, and that caused a drift during our four years of high school. After we graduated, Dee and I decided to take two gap years from high school to work before college. Jay was kicked out of high school for impregnating a teacher and had to wait an entire year before he could apply for any other schools in the area. Our lovely parents had gotten enough of our collective BS and decided to take a vacation during the same time. If you considered backpacking across Europe a vacation, I don't, but maybe I'm just lazy. They had left me in charge of things and given us different parts of the house and their business to handle, with Jay having the least responsibility, but within the first two days he found a way to mess it all up. Our parents owned a lawn mowing business where my dad drove his truck with the lawn mower in the back across the specific places he mowed lawns and fields for. 
She was in charge of that since he already mowed our lawn and had done that for the past five years. There were a lot of lawns to mow, but he wasn't supposed to do more than two a day because the machine was an old thing that could die at any point in time and didn't need too much stress. You would think that my brother would listen to the owner of the lawnmower and listen to his rules. Well, he didn't, and the lawnmower busted on the fourth lawn, barely halfway into it, and he had to drag it back home because it was a weekend and all the places it could have been checked out were closed on weekends. Our dad usually had a guy service the lawnmower, but he had prepaid for specific days while he was gone. If my brother went earlier to get it checked, the guy would have called my dad, therefore putting him in trouble. So we did what any brainless buffoon of an older brother would do and forced our little brother to pay for the damages so that he didn't have to. Between my real job, making sure my parents' restaurant was run smoothly, and making sure my brothers didn't starve, I didn't really notice anything until I saw my little brother crying in the backyard one day. Now, Dee was a 17-year-old who believed that he was smarter than everyone and had a very smart mouth. To see him crying in a place that wasn't his bedroom was a little weird to me, but as the older sister, I had to ask. After a lot of rambling, what I got from the tale was that Jay had taken money from him two weeks prior, and once he discovered where his stash of saved money was, started to steal from it. Now, as kids who had jobs and were saving for college, he did have some big bills and those were all that Jay had been taking. Everything made sense as to why people had been calling in respect to unmowed fields and lawns. After comforting him, I got the exact amount our older brother had taken from him and promised to get it all back. I also took him to the bank to have his own account created so that he didn't have to keep money in his room. Not when he had a brother like Jay. As much as I promised my little brother to confront Jay, I didn't want to, so I called our parents. They promised to give him a sound warning after telling me what a good job I was doing, and I immediately felt bad for even letting them know. But I didn't like to speak directly to my older brother. He was a hassle to deal with. I knew my parents spoke to Jay because he bounded into the living room where Dee and I were having breakfast and banged on the table, yelling and asking who reported him to our parents. When no one answered him, he flipped over what was supposed to be his breakfast and stormed out of the house. Considering I was on my period and had burned half of the first batch of pancakes I was cooking, this enraged me beyond belief and I was on my feet behind him in seconds. We had a shouting match, and I can't recall everything we said, but I do remember him calling me a whiny witch, to which I responded that at least I didn't have to be kicked out of high school at 21. Who knew that was a sore spot for him? Not me, because I felt a very nard punch on my jaw that sent me flying backwards. If my little brother wasn't there to catch me, I would have hit the floor. I did pass out and woke up a few minutes later with my mouth full of blood and most of my teeth shaky. My little brother insisted that we reported the whole thing to my parents, but I didn't want to. I knew so many different ways to handle the situation and the peaceful way was my least favorite. After going to the dentist to make sure that all my teeth were intact, I went around the darker sides of the neighborhood, met a few friends I'd helped a few times and they were now indebted to me. It wasn't anything too serious, I just volunteered at a shelter around the same time they were homeless, and the shelter was only accepting certain kinds of people, but I got them in because I could see that they needed the help just as much as others. When they needed jobs, I also got them spots in my parents' restaurant, where one of them actually still worked. We had a conversation, and I told them blankly that I wanted someone to beat up my older brother. He was six foot two and really hefty, but 
nothing that two or three people coming together wouldn't handle. I also wanted them to haunt him until he paid back all my little brother's money and apologized for hitting his sister in her face. They looked at me like I was insane, but agreed to do it. I was glad they didn't ask questions, because I didn't really want to start explaining that just talking to my brother didn't really work. Another almost full month passed and I'd grown tired of waiting, so I completely forgot about it. Until one Friday night, my older brother came home running faster than I'd ever seen him. He looked terrified and was bleeding from holes on his face. His clothes were nearly rags and his whole butt was out. When I let him into the house and asked him what the problem was, he was unable to speak. It was then I realized that my friends had done what I asked. It was so hard to keep my smile from coming to my face, but I was genuinely happy. I did help to clean his wounds, because I'm not an absolute wench of a person, and by morning he was purple all over and unable to move properly. He was confined to his bed for almost a week, but the minute he was back on his feet, I didn't have to yell and beg for him to do his part of the work we had, because he took it up himself. He also paid D back his money in full, adding in an extra $10 too. Jay didn't fully become a changed person, as he was still a jerk sometimes and got on everyone's nerves, but the slight limp and chipped tooth served as a warning for the rest of his life. I have a feeling Jay knew it was me. He looks at me weird sometimes, but I could care less. It couldn't matter to me whether he knew or not. It just mattered that he returned our little brother's money. After six whole months of being away, our parents finally returned and were not only shocked at how well we had run things, but also at how very little complaints came after the first couple of months of them being away. They also joked about wanting whatever it was that I used to get my older brother to behave, but I joked back that they would have to kill me to get that information out of me, and I was pretty serious. It had been over seven years, and it's still a running joke in my family. I can't imagine that becoming a running joke and how it would feel for this older brother. I mean, imagine having the most traumatic experience of your life, feeling like you can't even like share or talk about it, and then that being the topic of a running in joke in your family forever. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy crazy stories of revenge, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our next story is teaching my older sister to make better decisions. Older siblings are supposed to protect you and make sure you're safe and healthy, but some of them are Satan's punishment to earth. An older sister was one of them. That was a very rude start to this tale of woe, but I promise it's not all bad. In fact, my sister and I are doing very well now, and we see and talk very frequently. However, it took us a lot to get to this point, and that is what I want to share. We were born into the token, all-American horror family system with an abusive, alcoholic father. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, bet you get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. 
real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that after finishing a small questionnaire will match you with a licensed therapist where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. And an also abusive junkie mother. Even though we were three years apart, my sister and I got the same amount of abuse because they technically started when I was around three and she's six. This is not to say that she deserved it in any way, shape, or form. We were just kids and didn't deserve to live in such a toxic household. But I'm saying he at least had some memories of being loved. Our parents seemed to despise my very existence and blame me for a lot of things. This was our reality until I was around 12 and my older sister was 15 and my mom's older sister came to take us away. Before we were taken away, my older sister, who we shall call Sue, had started to indulge in self-destructive behaviors, much like our parents. It was funny to me because I was 9 and she was 12 and we were malnourished and skinny. Instead of spending what little money she or I got on food, she would steal my money and make one of the boys in her class buy her alcohol. At 13, she was already kissing boys and letting them look up her skirt for money or just alcohol. Still, I got it. We were both from the same households and I didn't think about the fact that she was older sister. To me, it didn't matter. I just wanted to take care of her. At some point, both of our parents would disappear and leave us to fend for ourselves with the electricity and water bills unpaid and zero food in the fridge. Because of this, I learned to store water in buckets and stole from our neighbor's backyard taps in the middle of the night. I also learned to shoplift and beg, milking my grotesquely thin looks to get sympathy from strangers so my sister and I could eat. I did most of these on my own, and I was completely okay with it. Seeing her thankful when I brought these things made me very happy. Because she was now a teenager and puberty was now something she was going through, she now made me add extra items to our shopping list of items that I got from the store. Things like makeup and clothes and other stuff that didn't matter. When I tried to stand up to her, she finally pulled the older sister card. After a few months of disappearing for a few days every week, our parents returned looking less insane and more put together. They paid all the outstanding bills, stocked the fridge, and we even had a normal Christmas together. It was all fun and games, until they disappeared once again. It was during one of these disappearances that our aunt was able to steal us to her much healthier, warmer household. She was our mother's older sister, who had tried to protect her sister from my father, but to no avail. For the first week we were at hers, we spent nearly every day inside a hospital, as doctors poked and prodded at us. It was a little weird, but we were assured that it was for our own good. 
After that, we were put in separate rooms and ordered a diet of food, sleep, and sunshine. There was no school for us for about three months. I responded to whatever this treatment was very well, but my sister did terribly. She found the lack of freedom too stifling, and the lack of alcohol didn't do much good for her already addicted brain. She would sneak over to my room in the middle of the night and ask me why I didn't want to run away with her to see our parents, until I was crying and physically cowered over on the floor. This continued nearly every day for a week until I couldn't take it anymore and reported to our aunt. I was about 13 at this time. Now, our aunt was a practicing child therapist and had dreams of being a foster parent, so she handled the situation as best as she could and further separated us so we could get help separately because she believed that despite being in the same house, our traumas were different. She was right, and her separation plan worked great for me. I thrived under not having to fend for myself and another person. My sister didn't like having to care for herself in the slightest, and she came to me so many times to ask that we run away from my aunts. I didn't want to, so I obviously told my aunt and she got between my sister and I, putting more distance between us. This continued on until I turned 15 and my sister ran away from my aunt's house. I was sad for a few months, but I thrived under the stable environment and in no time, I was growing up and living. I did the regular things like graduate from high school and get into college, all while working a couple of jobs, even though I didn't have to. After I finished from college, my aunt got a huge grant from the government to continue being a foster parent, and so she used most of it, plus her savings, to move up to a place in Texas, a giant barn house for all the kids that would be kept in her care. I was sad that she was leaving town, but I was also happy because she had helped a kid like me, and there were many other kids who needed that manner of care and love. The last day my aunt and I were to see before she traveled, we were having iced tea and talking about her plans so far. She then mentioned having to sell her house despite not wanting to. I still lived in town and it seemed like a really good idea to just get the place. She didn't want to sell to me, but I convinced her that giving her my money didn't mean I didn't still love her like the mother she was to me. My older sister showed up exactly three months after I started living in what was now my place and called from a gas station asking to buy me coffee. I believed that she was better because she was even so much healthier looking. At the end of the day, she did her usual persuading about missing me and just wanting to spend time with her sister. I didn't want to let up but I decided to have faith in my sister for once. It was there I made the mistake because my sister was the very same. She moved herself in after the third time she knew my house and begged me into paying a couple of debts for her. Besides these, she seemed to be in active recovery and I just wanted to support her the whole way through. I had a 9 to 5 job that made me busy all week and I didn't want her to stay home alone, so I got her a temporary job at an animal shelter slash groomer and she seemed to thrive. She was there for three months and I asked about her salary once, to which she replied that she had used it up. Now, I didn't want to be problematic, but I had to ask when she planned on moving out. It caused a bit of tension between us, but she started asking me for money after, telling me that she was saving her own money for rent. I complied silently and made sure there were always groceries in and that she didn't lack anything. After three months, she decided that she didn't like the job at the animal shelter and wanted something more serious. Luckily for her, there was an opening at my workplace for a secretary and I attempted to put her in. When that didn't work, 
I made her my work from home assistant and put her in charge of a few things. This is where I really started making my really big mistakes. Because of how busy I'd been, I didn't really notice that she had started stealing from me or inviting unwanted visitors into my home. Not until I traveled for a work trip and returned a day early to see my sister having lunch in my living room with our parents, who I didn't speak to anymore. It was then that my sister explained to me that she hadn't really quit her drug use and just did it out of my house, as well as sponsoring my parents' lifestyle, which was basically her paying for their drugs and feeding them. I was hurt and annoyed mainly because we had had all these conversations about how hurt I'd been about our parents' lifestyle and how it had affected us, and she had wholeheartedly agreed with us. All of a sudden, she was bringing them into my home that I was letting her live in and making excuses for them while telling me that they were our parents regardless of what they had done to us. I was too angry to speak for a few days, so I left the house to cool down and think about things. I was away for three days and by the end of it, I knew exactly what I needed to do. The truth of this matter was that none of them had the right to be in my home, so I got a restraining order against both of my parents just before I would file for complete emancipation. As for my sister, I still did feel for her, so I gave her the total of a month to live in my house, and while she did, she couldn't access any of my food or toiletries. I was only giving her a place to rest her head while she made money for herself to move out. If she decided that she, a former homeless person with a drug problem, could take care of other homeless people with a similar issue while disrespecting my wishes, then she had the complete freedom to do so, just not with my help. She called me unreasonable so many times, but I didn't budge, letting her know that she either had to adhere by my rules or move out. The entire month didn't even finish before my sister packed up her things in the middle of the night and moved out of my place. She must have told on me to our aunt, who appeared a few days later because apparently I was treating my own family bad. I explained my part of the story and she assured me that she completely understood and only wanted to hear out my part of the story for the sake of posterity. My sister and I continued to have issues concerning whether or not to help our parents, and that was our main bone of contention. I understood from her own point of view as the child who received some love from her parents, and believed that there was something left there for her to harness. But as the child who knew no warmth, and still had to fend for both herself and her older sibling, I had very different views on things. It took a few years, but my sister and I didn't speak again until around the time our parents died, and we only began to speak because we were preparing for their funeral. We got some long-needed family therapy done now, and we're closer than ever. My own moral of the story is that sometimes things need to fall apart to be normal again. Make sure you take all the respect you deserve from your family, and give back in equal measures. Honestly, I think it takes a lot of courage for OP to share a story like this. There's a lot of personal detail and a lot of personal struggles, both from OP and from the people that were the closest people in the world to OP. I think it really does highlight sometimes the grim reality that you can't save somebody if they don't want to be saved. Sometimes you do have to just let it go and if it falls apart, some things are beyond what you can control. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.